0: Welcome to the Injury Report. I am your host, Joey Brenner, recording today in Toledo, Ohio. I started my second year of medical school on Monday, and we're learning about the lungs and heart and kidneys all at once right now so it's been a lot but there's also been an unfortunate but interesting case that happened today sunday july 24th that uh popped up on twitter and a follow-up from an injury that happened last year but instead of keeping you in suspense we'll just go right into it our first not real injury but medical case, I guess, of the NFL season. John Mechie III, who battled injuries at Alabama. He was a a streaker for them. He had a great career, and he just got drafted pretty highly, I think in the first round, to the Houston Texans. And he came out today and said that he had APL. So that's acute promyelocytic leukemia promyelocytes are cells They're cells that will eventually become some sort of granulocytes so those are your your white blood cell area your eosinophils your basophils those types of cells that kinda their immune cells pretty much and what happens is you get a chromosome 15 and chromosome 17 little parts break off and attach to each other somewhere and that kind of blocks a growth receptor that allows them to continue to develop. So they aren't so these cells aren't supposed to say pro, stay pro-stay promyelocytes. They're supposed to keep continuing to develop into other cells, those immune cells to do their jobs. And that's what's not happening. So what ends up happening is they stay in this promyelocytic form. And your body is trying to make uh, the downstream, the eosinophils, the granulocytes, and that it's not happening. So then you're making more promyelocytes and they're still not changing and then you just get a build up and a buildup. And that's kind of what leukemia is. It's an um, invasion of the white blood cells. It's an overabundance. And uh, fortunately, this is, uh, it's not common, but it is pretty easily treatable as he kind of says. So what happens is the the PML gene kind of runs up against a retinoic acid. So that's vitamin A receptor. And as long as you give vitamin A, it's usually given in the form of Atra, if you've heard of that drug, but it's all trans retinoic acid is the uh, what that stands for, the ATRA. And that's given and that will hit that receptor site and allow them to continue on in their development. So then they won't stay in that promyelocyte phase and they'll be able to continue forward. Some of the issues that happen with APL as it's called is fever, weight gain, hypotension, and renal failure. One of the scary things that could, have, uh, could happen is something called disseminated intravascular coagulation they're kind of linked and what dic is is um because of the excess white blood cells and stuff going on in there it just throws off your the rest of your blood and dic is just you get um abnormal clotting just random clotting in your somewhere in your body and then it can't clot other places so you have the both extremes you have a a blood clot that's happening where it's not supposed to be. And then if you were to have to clot somewhere else, you wouldn't be able to. So you can get serious internal bleeding and strokes and clots at the same time. So it, while it is, it is treatable, it is something serious that needs to be dealt with. And there are some signs. There's a butterfly nucleus and these little granulocytes that um, build up in the hour, called hour rods. Those are the granules, not the granulocytes, but in the granulocytes, the hour rods, those are signs of APL, as well as the increase in pro myelocytes. So we're praying for John, Mr. Mechie, and hope he gets back soon for the Houston Texans, which I am a Jaguars fan. I don't know why I feel I have to say that. But obviously, we all want him to be back soon. And then another case from last year was James White, the New England running back. They're still looking for someone to kind of replace him right now because he's still on the physically unable to play, the pup list from his injury last year in which he subluxated his hip. So, subluxation's a kind of partial dislocation. A dislocation is when the joint is all the way out of the socket. In this case, he just had a partial, which does not make it easier. And he did end up having surgery on it. The typical surgery for a hip subluxation is they go in and just clean things up. So they'll make it easier. They usually do a full open hip dislocation. So they'll open it up, they'll pull it all the way out, and then just see what's going on. Sometimes they'll shave down the head of the femur a little bit, just make sure it fits back in that acetabulum, that labrum inside where the, that's like the the socket for the ball. And sometimes they'll go in that hip labrum, usually gets a lot of damage if it's wrenched out of there, they'll clean that up. And they could even do shaping to the acetabulum which is in that this socket itself just to make sure everything fits better and it is a good way to be able to keep the the joint itself your natural joint and not have to have any hardware put in or have a joint replacement of any sort push that off but you know this isn't just trying to regain normal functionality this is an nfl football player that is trying to get back to that so They are expecting him to be able to play this year, but starting training camp, he will not be available to them. And that will kind of wrap things up for our injuries on the day. Go to our injured and recovered. Our injured is the Jeter documentary. I think from what I saw of it early on, he tried to play kind of an underdog role, and I understand he's a baseball player in the north coming from Michigan. That's not very common, but it, he's not, he's not, he wasn't an underdog. He was the number one player coming out of high school. And while he wasn't drafted over some of the college guys, he was the first high school player drafted and he did get drafted by the new his favorite team, the New York Yankees. So I think he, you know, just like we see with the MJ documentary, I guess not to compare the two, but these guys just create their own level that they are, they've received the level of success that they have because they're not the same as everyone else and they need to create their own kind of chip on their shoulder that sometimes doesn't seem to be genuine. But I also did not realize, I kind of went and looked back at his stats and I didn't realize he had won so many, I think five World Series and lost a couple too. Like I didn't realize how much of an impact he had being the stalwart shortstop for the Yankees over that time, so that was pretty cool to kind of look back and see how successful he really was. And but also I thought you know the story that they tried to sell was a little hokey. Recovered the Drew League. Seems like everybody's coming out to play now. LeBron was in there, and I think he was playing with uh, the guy for the Bulls. Like his name is escaping right now. I just saw Trey Young was playing oh it just came back to me demar DeRozan. so demar all those you know they get they get some good competition it's fun to have those guys walk up and just play and you know the, the competition obviously lebron and the highlights i saw had his way but those guys i mean it's just it's more a tribute to because the other guys that out there are very, very high level basketball players. They're just not one of the 450 best in the world, which is what the NBA is. So you can just tell the, the shot making and athleticism is just, and there were some athletic freaks out there and there were some great, was some great shot making. It's just the, the combination of both in the NBA that uh, is clearly what sets it apart. So it's cool to see those guys kind of against even, not just other NBA players, I guess, because they're so much better than all of us, the guys in the D-League, but they're not the pros. So just to still see that comparison is pretty cool. Injured is Alabama recruiting. So normally they're one or two. And I mean, I can go back right now. Um, I'm looking at 2023. And 2022, they were number to 2021, they were number one, 2020, they were number two. So they've been kind of right there for the last couple of years. And it's, it's shown, you know, they've, they've had, they've every player that Nick Saban has coached since he's been at Alabama, if they've stayed four years, has a national championship. And that's not something that just happens by accident. So they've been recruiting at a high level, but since this NIL thing's kind of shaking things up and some coaching moves have happened. Now this year for the class of 2023, Ohio State's number one with Notre Dame number two, which that's fun to see. Um, Notre, Ohio State has most of their recruits from Ohio, which is fun. Notre Dame has one. And then Alabama rounds up at number eight, though. And that was interesting, and I don't think Nick said, you know, he's been more outspoken than he normally has been in these regards, and it's very clear that it's because he's number eight uh so that's that's tough for him and I'll, I'll continue with a little bit more recruiting stuff later but recovered is albert pujols he was invited to the home run derby kind of as a ceremonial thing in his walk-off year this is his last year he announced in the major leagues and he was actually able to beat kyle Schorber in the first round of the home run derby setup i I think there are some things. I liked the 10 outs or 9 outs or whatever they used to have back in the day. I like some of the old formats better. I don't really like the timing thing. It just seems like guys just get tired the whole time. And it's you know it's more easily controlled TV-wise, but you don't get to kind of appreciate each home run and really see how hard these guys can swing. And they, they don't have as much time to really adjust. They just kind of have to go for it. But Pujols was cool. It was kind of fun to see him out there kicking butt and uh i felt bad for schwarber because he just could not get anything going i was also surprised at just how like technical some of you know they're talking about being shifting the weight the announcers were in the top spin and the backspin and just trying to get because you know you want to kind of swing up that would be the natural inclination but i guess you'd put some top spin on that and uh cause that ball to drop a little bit more quickly than if you just swing level which you know High school coaches tell you that all the time and still swinging for the fences. So I guess these guys have a hard time with it. It's not as uh, easy as they make it sound, but it was, it was cool to kind of hear into the nuances of just hitting home runs because they're, they're, those are the guys who are capable. Injured is summer. It's coming to an end. It's almost already August. I know some people have a couple weeks left, unfortunately. I do not. I'm back in school, and it was a fun, you know, kind of last summer as, as opposed to we don't really have any breaks between any more years, and then someday I'm going to be an adult and stuff. So that might have been my last summer, and, boy, it was a good one. But, unfortunately, it's uh, time to return to my reality of the real world. Recovered is the alternate football helmets. I'm seeing them drop left and right. The Bears just came up with theirs, which is just an inversion of their colors. The Tigers, or the Bengals we talked about, has the the white Bengal helmet that's been sick. I think the Eagles are coming back out with their Kelly green as opposed to their whatever color they have now that I'm not a huge fan of. I'm excited to see what some other teams do. I think a green one for the Packers would be cool. I know the Steelers kind of have their yellow one for some throwbacks, the striped one, but... You know, all these teams, a Raiders black helmet maybe. I don't know. Uh, I know the Cowboys are going with their white one, which that was, I think, the least impressive to me that I've seen so far. The Jets have a black one that I don't like really the green logo they put on the black helmet. But it is fun to allow these teams to kind of keep up with the the college level that's been swapping uniforms, you know, all the time. Injured is Georgia in-state recruiting because – They have 17 commits right now for the 2023 class. So the kids who are going to be seniors this year, and they do have six from Georgia, but Clemson is ranked higher and they have eight kids from Georgia and Tennessee is ranked higher and they have six kids from Georgia and LSU and Alabama both have a ton of kids from Georgia. Texas actually has a lot of kids from, they have a lot from Texas and they're pretty they're thirteen of their fourteen commits are from Texas, but Oklahoma has been chopping a lot at Texas. So just to see how many schools can go into Georgia and get that many athletes is insane. In the in the top recruiting class, the top ten classes I went through, I think there's maybe eight kids from Ohio. And I just named twenty or so from that were poached from Georgia if they weren't held by Georgia and again Georgia does have the best class in of the you know they're third after it was Ohio State, Notre Dame, Georgia, Texas, Penn State, Clemson, Tennessee, Alabama but there are 15 kids that got out of Georgia and are still in that those top 10 programs so it is just amazing to see how deep that state really is with college football you know they get slept on it's a lot of Texas, California, Florida, but I think Georgia is becoming the stalwart for where you go to find athletes if you want to win football games. And then recovered along with Georgia football is just Kirby Smart just signed a huge contract, making him one of the highest paid coaches. And I think, you know, he deserves it. There's only so many coaches active right now who've won a national championship. And I think it might be, I mean, in it, in coaching right now, it might just be. I think if if Mac Brown's still at UNC and it's Mac Brown from Texas getting his, um, obviously Nick Saban, and then it might be Kirby Smart. I don't think oh Jimbo Jim and Jimbo Fisher at AM. So those might be the four guys because Urban's gone. Uh, Coach O, I don't think he's got a job at the moment. And other than that, oh and Dabo Sweeney, obviously. So. Yeah, I knew I was forgetting someone. Chip, Kelly never got one. Gus Malzone's out of a job. and um, Everybody else is either retired or moved up to the pros. And it's been dominated by most of those guys anyway. So welcome to the club, Kirby Smart. And if you can be one of those guys, you've earned your money. Hopefully, I will also have that kind of money someday on Tuesday here soon and win the lottery. But if not, then I'll see you next week. Enjoy the week ahead.